You're listening to Rockland Community Church, connecting all generations to Jesus. The 11th chapter of Luke, starting with verse 33. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand, so that those who enter may see the light. As your eye is the lamp of your body, when your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be holy, bright as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. It's baseball season, and per usual, the Rockies have another uh, solid grip on fifth place out of five teams in the NL West. If you played baseball, you know that hitting a baseball is an incredible athletic feat, and it involves eyesight and reflexes. A major leaguer has 50 milliseconds to be able to uh, hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. A batter has to assess the the speed, the trajectory, the, the spin, the location of a pitch all in less than one second. The difference in a ball that you hit being fair or foul, scientists tell us, is a difference of five to seven milliseconds of where your bat is in relationship to the ball. No wonder Jonathan Hawk, writing about baseball, wrote this. There's something primal about this confrontation between a man with a rock and a man with a stick. And that explains baseball right there. Man with rock, man with stick. Let's see how this works. Hitting a baseball is obviously connected to our eyesight. As little league coaches around the nation always say, see the ball, hit the ball. Eyesight is one of the wonders of life. Sight is dependent upon light. Eyesight begins when light carries information to the retina, which converts it into nerve signals. Additionally, according to NASA, sunlight activates molecules to form complex building blocks for life. Solar energy, light, is essential for life. Research has shown that a healthy dose of sunlight lowers a person's pain level, for instance. Studies show that hospital patients in sunny rooms heal quicker than patients that are in shady rooms. Isn't that interesting? Sunlight also triggers the release of feel-good hormones such as serotonin. That's another reason why a walk on the beach in January just feels so great. Our bodies need and they crave light. 90% of the vitamin D that you need for strong bones uh, for your body comes from sunlight. Equally fascinating, in my research I found this, which I didn't know, scientists have discovered that high solar activity increases fertility rates. Go figure. As one scientist wrote, light is the source of all life on our planet. On the other hand, darkness leaves us with a lack of visual acuity and depth perception. 
Also, have you seen those nature programs where they have the night vision cameras out there and during the night a bobcat goes by and a mountain lion and a rattlesnake, all these predators come out to hunt at night. Kids, by and large, have an aversion for the dark, don't they? Peach, Colleen, my granddaughter, uh, doesn't like walking into a dark basement by herself. She says that it's scary. It's in the dark when we get lost and we stumble around. The other evening, I was in our basement playing my guitar, and to not bother Colleen, since I'm a complete hack on the guitar, I had the the barn door downstairs to our family room closed so she wouldn't hear it. Then it dawned on me that as soon as I turn turn off the lamp, I'm going to have to go across the end of our, the, the length of our basement and find the barn door in the dark. So I took a dead bead on the barn door and I turned off the the lamp and it was completely dark. And within two steps, I'd hit my knee on that Cinderella carriage right there that that Peach is on top of. And and so I put my hands out, you know how you do it in the dark, it was pitch dark down there, put my hands out there to make sure I'm not gonna hit my nose on something and you kind of take baby steps and so forth. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me I have a flashlight on my phone. (laughs) Now, for those of you under 40 right here, I'm sure I've lost any credibility with you as you're going, dude, you got, you didn't think about the flashlight on your phone and, you know, fair enough, your, your point is made. But in my defense, if you're over 50, you probably can empathize on, you know, yeah, I forgot there's a flashlight on my phone. And maybe... For some of those of you here that are over 70, you may be going right now, there's a flashlight on my phone? (laughs) Where? And then I would guess if you're in your 40s, you might be saying, I see both sides of this argument, you know, I'm in that tweener generation. If you're in your teens or your 20s, you can't believe I'm even talking about this. Is this a thing at all? But let me explain. I'm an immigrant to Technology Island, okay? That's not where I was born. A Queen of Hearts playing card in the spokes of my sister's bike was high tech when I was a kid, huh? And yes, I played that game with man with rock, man with stick. Sometimes it literally was rocks and sticks. And so anyway, so I turned on the flashlight on my phone because I'm not a Neanderthal. And uh, to my surprise, I was five feet from the corner of the family room. Evidently, my right leg is shorter than my left leg because I was listing starboard quite, quite heavily right there. In the dark, we easily get lost, don't we? And in the dark, we easily get hurt. Due to the importance of light for sight, Jesus' words, the Gloria read for us in Luke 11 this morning, take on immense relevance for our lives. Jesus is saying, we need light to have sight. We need light to have life. So let's meditate on these verses for a few moments and then apply this scripture to our lives before we worship the Lord through communion. Verses 33 and 34. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand, so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light, but when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. So Jesus is saying the purpose of a lamp is to give light so people can see. That's just common sense. It's easy to walk to the barn door across the family room in the basement when the lamp is giving off light. 
So Jesus is saying that our eyes are the lamp of our bodies. It's through our eyes that light enters in and our minds come up with the images that we see. It allows us to keep from stumbling in the dark. When we live in spiritual darkness, bad things happen. So Jesus came to give us spiritual light. Jesus said in John chapter 8, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Jesus gives us spiritual illumination and revelation. We sang about illumination this morning. Illumination is when the light turns on, light comes on. Illumination is light coming into our world. In Luke 2.30 it says, For my eyes have seen your salvation. It's interesting that the word photography literally means to draw with light. Light gives illumination. While illumination enables us to see, it's revelation that enables us to understand or to comprehend. Have you ever seen something and you weren't sure quite what it was? The other day I was driving up to Mother Cabrini's shrine and I looked at this far hill and I couldn't make out if, if it was elk or uh, uh, bighorn sheep. It was, it was elk, but I couldn't tell right away. So revelation allows us to accurately assess what something is. We can see the truth when God, in answer to our prayer and our song this morning, opens the eyes of our heart for revelation. We can't understand the things of God unless he gives us illumination and revelation. Luke 2.32 says that Jesus was a light for revelation to the Gentiles. God's revelation is that people can know and understand Jesus as their Savior and as their Lord. In Jesus, we can see and comprehend God's truth, which gives life. I read in preparation for this, this message that 80% of the brain input for an average person comes from vision. Isn't that interesting? And Jesus is saying that he is the spiritual light for the eyes of our soul. We see God's truth, therefore we walk in blessed ways when Jesus is the light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. If we focus on Jesus, our souls are full of light and we spiritually see. In James 1.17 it says, Every good gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of lights. We know the light of truth and wisdom. We gain guidance and wisdom. We, we renew our hope, our courage, our faith when we walk in the light of Jesus Christ. Conversely, when we focus on fear or on resentment or on sin, our souls are filled with darkness. In John chapter 3, it says this, light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds may be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that, what they may, uh, so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. When I was in high school, my uh, basketball coach's son, Kirk, was my classmate. We were good friends. Kirk is blind. Kirk is now the CEO of the American Foundation for the Blind, which uh, uh, Helen Keller founded, and it serves 20 million Americans with significant vision loss. 
Kirk was on the wrestling team while I was on the basketball team, and we'd get out of practice about the same time, and so I would give him a ride home in my 68 VW Bug. And one day after practice, Kurt was holding my elbow, and when a fellow wrestler came by and he was, he was talking trash to Kirk and he lightly slapped him on, on the face and Kirk, it must have been low blood sugar or whatever, he just lost it and threw his gym bag down and just started throwing haymakers, uh, not realizing that the guy had walked away. And so Kirk was just swinging into thin air. Vision is such a tremendous blessing, isn't it? Don't ever take that for granted. According to the American Optometric Association, vision begins when sunlight reflects off an object and into our eyes via our cornea. The cornea refracts or bends the light rays so they pass through the pupil. The amount of light to enter the pupil is regulated by the, eye, the eye's iris, which is the colored portion of our eyes. When light goes through the pupil, it hits the lens, which focuses the light upside down on, uh, uh, focuses it on the, the retina, which is in the back of our eyes. And the retina is composed of millions of two types of nerve cells, cones and rods. Cones are at the center of the retina, which gives fine details and color to our vision. Rods are on the periphery of our vision, and it detects motion and gives some vision in dim light. So when it's, when it's kind of dark, that's why sometimes when you look out the side of your eye, you can see more than if you're looking straight at it at night. The cones and the rods convert the light rays into specific patterns of electrical impulses delivered to the brain via the optic nerve. The brain then decodes the impulses to form an image which we see. So it all begins that if there is no light, there is no vision. And if there is no vision, we're in darkness like my buddy Kirk throwing punches at an adversary that had walked away. That's why the Bible teaches us to fix our eyes on Jesus. My buddy Mike is a West Point grad and he was a little bird helicopter pilot for the elite special ops 160th Night Stalkers unit. Mike was coaching me on how to handle a bike descending at speed. And he told me that a bike will go where you focus your eyes. So if you're going 30 miles an hour plus, going down Lookout Mountain, you don't want to focus on the guardrail or, or on the gravel that's on the road. You want to focus on where you want to go at the end of the corner. And your bike will follow your eyes. You hit what you look at. The other day, Dan, my son, and I were throwing a little rubber football back and forth playing catch, and, and we we're playing keep away from his son, Buck, who's two years old. Now, what motivates two men to play keep away from a little boy? I don't know, but it's fun. That's all I can say, you know? Man with rock, man with stick, you know? Keep away from a little boy. It's, it's Freud. We need Freud to explain all of that, don't we? So, do you remember that no-look pass in basketball where you'd look one way and you'd pass the other way to throw your opponent off? I decided to do that with, with Buck. So I looked him dead in the eyes and I threw the ball. You know, I was going to throw the ball to Daniel. Unfortunately, I, I forgot what Mike had taught me about things go where your eyes focus. So I threw the ball and it hit little Buck right in the forehead. Boink! Right there. So don't judge me. It was a very soft rubber 
ball. And Buck was having fun, believe it or not, because there's something wrong with him, probably genetically, I imagine. So our lives follow our eyes. That's why the scripture says, fix your eyes on Jesus. So where we focus our physical eyes, I think Jesus was talking about that, and spiritual eyes, both. What we focus on with our eyes of our physical eyes and the eyes of our heart, like what we sang about, determines if our lives are filled with light or darkness. Whether our lives are filled with, with worry and fear and resentment, or whether they're filled with peace and love and joy. It's what we focus on. Look down at verses 35 and 36. Therefore, be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no dark part, it'll be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. Jesus is teaching that the critical issue in life is not to mistake darkness for light. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen 14 says, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy you and your relationships and, and our society and everything that is good. And so he does that by trying to convince us that spiritual darkness is light, that sin is good, that lies are the truth. And Satan has authority in the dark. Scary things are in the dark. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of God. But conversely, if we focus our eyes on Jesus, our lives are filled with life-giving light. We live in the blessings of life and light. We avoid much more the scary and dangerous predators who stalk the darkness. Then we can say with confidence, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? So let's apply this scripture to our lives this morning. Two applications. The first application is this, walk in the light. In 1 John 1, it says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we will have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Did you notice what it says? If we walk in the light, two good things happen. One, we have healthy relationships with one another. It's in the darkness that we get irritated and we hold grudges and we have breakdowns and it gets weird and it gets awkward and there's, there's all kinds of ramifications because of that. And so it says if we walk in the light, you see in the light, first of all, we have fellowship with one another. The second good thing that happens, he cleanses us of all of our sin. If we walk in the light by fixing our eyes on Jesus and following him, good things happen. In, in John chapter one, it says this, the true light, Jesus, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He, Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him, but to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Light and life are found in Jesus. So we fix our eyes on Jesus and we open our heart and our mind to Jesus and so we can walk in God's light, God's light that gives spiritual and eternal life. Application number one, walk in the light of Christ. Application number two, be a light in a dark world. The purpose of a lamp, Jesus was saying, was to give light and so people don't stumble. There's a light and so they can see. 
And the purpose of a Christian is to give off the light of Christ by being in fellowship with Christ. In Exodus chapter 34 in the Old Testament, it tells about Moses coming down from Mount Sinai. He'd gotten the Ten Commandments, and he'd been with God in fellowship with God for 40 days, and his face was radiant. It says in Exodus 34, Moses was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with God. Then Moses would put a veil over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. He put the veil in so other people wouldn't be freaked out by the radiance of his face. So the Apostle Paul in, in 2 Corinthians 3.18 is alluding to that, which I've just talked about in Exodus 34, when it says this, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord. In other words, as we walk with Jesus, our lives reflect the presence of God, the goodness of God. In Christ, we can radiate the light of compassion, the light of forgiveness and justice, the light of truth and righteousness, the light of mercy and joy and wisdom, and so many more good and important things in life that can radiate and be a light in a dark world when we spend time with God through Jesus. Recently, Colleen and I were literally on the, the front row for Peach's kindergarten graduation at Green Gables uh, Elementary School in Lakewood. That's the dress that, that she wore for that day. And wouldn't you agree, kindergarten teachers deserve a medal? Would you agree with that? Their job is like herding cats. There's just, uh, that's the way it seems to me. But there's 50, I counted them, there was 57 five-year-olds on the platform, and they were so cute. The gym was packed with their family's grandparents and siblings and, and uh, parents and uncles and aunts, and they were enjoying their, their little kids' first scholastic achievement, kindergarten graduation. Back when I was playing with rocks and sticks, we didn't have graduation for kindergarten, but they do now, and it's a good thing. So laughter rang out in the gym as, as these little guys and girls were, hi, mommy, hi, daddy, from the platform, looking around, you know, and little boy's hair sticking up all over the place like they'd just gotten up. And it was just this joyous gathering. Then we went home, and later that same day came the tragic news of 19 elementary kids murdered while at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. Friends, death lurks in spiritual darkness. The 18-year-old shooter had darkness in control of his soul. Jesus understood that literally life and death are at stake when he taught us to let your light shine so the world may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Light, life comes from the light. Death lurks in the darkness. So the scripture teaches us, walk in the light and shine our light. No one lights a lamp and then hides it or puts it under a basket. Instead, it is put on a lampstand to give light to all who enter the room. Your eye is a lamp for your body. A pure eye lets sunshine into your soul, but an evil eye shuts out the light and plunges you into darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not really darkness. If you're filled with light, with no dark corners, 
then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight is shining on you. In the Psalms, the psalmist David said this, I will not look at any worthless thing in my home. Some translations say that it, I will not look at any wicked thing in my home. Friends, where we focus our eyes. I once heard a preacher say years ago, he said, you know, if, if, you, if you focus on yourself, you'll grow discouraged. If you focus on others, you'll either become proud or envious. If you focus on problems, you'll become afraid. But if you focus on Jesus, the peace of God can rule and reign in our hearts and our minds. So the scripture is clear. To live in Jesus' light in a dark world, we need to draw closer rather than try harder. Like the moon reflects not its own light, it reflects the light of the sun or Moses' face reflected God's glory, may we walk in the light of Jesus to make the world a brighter place. Jesus didn't die to make us more religious. Jesus died so we would be radiant with his glory. He died so we can have a relationship with God that feeds our soul and then radiates and is a light in a dark world. Has the light of Jesus been turned on in your soul? This morning as we go to communion, draw near to faith in Christ, I encourage us to sincerely and ask God to turn the light of Jesus on in our souls.